listening to this week's sermon from King's Community Church. For more information about our church, including meeting time and location, visit kingscommunity.ch. I want to extend my welcome to you. Uh, good morning. My name is Gabe DeGarmo. I get to be the lead pastor here at King's Community Church. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, I hope I get to today. Uh, we're in the midst of a series called You Are Here, where we're really looking into what the Bible says about what it means for us to be a people empowered to live lives with joyful purpose. Many of us want to leave an impact on this world, but sometimes we, we find ourselves asking the question, how much influence do I really have? Well, the Word of God, the Bible, teaches us that we actually have everything we need to join God in His work. And this series is called You Are Here because we believe God's already positioned us in places in the everyday stuff of life to be witnesses for his glory and for the good of others. Last week we started the series by talking about what it means to be here to be a blessing. Today we're talking about you are here to listen. There was a point when when a walkie-talkie was the coolest toy you could have. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, I remember when I was about my my youngest son's age and I got my first set of walkie-talkies and and tore them out of the box, found the obscure batteries that you needed to be able to get those things to work, uh, turned them on next to my best friend and, and immediately asked the most important question. Can you hear me? Right next to each other. We were wondering, I think so. Maybe we should spread out a little bit. Yes, spread out with the walkie-talkies. Before walkie-talkies were toys, they were one of the most important inventions in military history. In fact, historians say that walkie-talkies changed the landscape of World War II because it allowed for communication over great distances during battle. It was revolutionary because it was a portable two-way radio. You could talk and listen. On the front lines, you could listen to what was going on elsewhere and respond accordingly. There was no guesswork. Walkie-talkies were urgent because it allowed us to listen and speak. Listening was a matter of life and death. Today we live in a world where it seems like there's more urgency to talk than there is to listen. Consider it was only a couple of decades ago where we got this thing called the constant news cycle. There's never a time when people aren't talking to us about what's going on in the world. There's never time to sit back and process. Even more recently, we have the presence of social media, which gives us this persistent feeling that we always have to have something to say. And we're losing the art of listening. In his book, Life Together, a famous author named Dietrich Bonhoeffer cautioned us to avoid a kind of listening with half an ear that presumes already to know what the other person has to say. This is impatient, inattentive listening that is only waiting for a chance to speak. Have you ever been caught listening with half an ear? Don't look at your spouse. <laughs> you know, they have. Have you ever been caught being impatient and inconsiderate of others when they're trying to talk with you? It's honestly kind of fun to look in your eyes when I ask a question like that. We've all been guilty of that. We've all been caught not listening or listening with half an ear. We don't listen to others because we're too preoccupied with ourselves. 
oftentimes instead of concentrating on what's being said, we're either too busy thinking about what we want to say in response or mentally rejecting the other person's point of view. That is not listening. Poor listening diminishes another person. It cuts them down. It makes them feel unimportant. Whereas good listening invites them to exist into matter. When we choose to listen to others well, it shows them that we believe that they have worth and purpose. God created us to be listeners. We are here to listen. Listening intently and humbly positions us to hear the needs of others and the will of God and to bring the two together. Let me say that again for us. Listening humbly and intently allows us to hear the needs of others and the will of God and to bring the two together. So it is imperative that we are listeners. And I believe Philippians chapter 2, this New Testament book written by a guy named Paul, it was a letter to the church, really teaches us these different dimensions of listening to other people and God. And Paul starts this letter to the church and what we see is chapter 1. And he tells these people how thankful he is for their salvation. He explains to them how wonderful it is to him that they've not only heard the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ, but they've trusted him and they've begun to follow him. But that's not the end in and of itself. Rather, it's the entryway into a new way to live. And then the rest of the letter, he talks to them about what it means to to live out their lives in such a way that honors God and blesses others. He teaches them how to join the mission of God. Philippians chapter 2 specifically teaches us how to advance the gospel into the lives of others in the world around us through the way that we live. And listen to how Paul lays it out. He begins by saying, if, there, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Right there, he's talking to this people about not just being a loose collection of individuals that trust Christ, but rather a people that's unified that they've got one way of thinking. They've got one, one thing that their life revolves around. And that thing is not actually a thing. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ himself. They're saying, Paul is saying to them, we want to be unified with a singular purpose, a singular thought, a singular cause, a singular reason for living. And that is Jesus Christ. And how do they do that? He continues by saying, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So what sort of posture is Paul saying Christians should have toward others to honor God? Paul is telling them that listening to others invites them to exist in the matter. He says, consider others more important than yourselves. That's a pretty radical statement. He says, consider the interests of others before yourself. Wow. This is actually a, a kind of a wordplay on what Jesus, the one who Paul's following, told his disciples earlier when he was asked, what's the greatest command? Maybe you've heard this before. 
Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, it is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. But he didn't stop there. He said, the second is just like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So Paul is telling us to not think too highly of ourselves, but to put, put others before us to consider the interests of others before ourselves. And that's just an echo of what Jesus said. To love God is to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the second commandment is just like the first one, to love your neighbor as yourself. Through the Bible, God is teaching us that we are so good at loving ourselves that he's going to allow that to be the measuring stick of how we're supposed to love other people. Think about that for a second. He's not saying don't care about things. Don't consider the things that you need or the things that matter to you. They're allowed to matter to you. But when you think about other people, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Consider the interests of others, not just the interests of yourself. Consider others more highly than yourself. We are experts at knowing what we love, what we want, what we desire. God's not calling us to forgo that. He's just saying, make sure you love others the same way you love yourself. It takes a tremendous amount of humility to be able to do that. It also requires us to listen to people. We have to believe that people matter because they're made in the image of God. We tend to believe we're made in the image of God, and that God usually agrees with us. That's not always true, but that's how we tend to operate. We're told to put others before ourselves. How do we do that through listening? How do we view other people as image bearers of God? We have to believe what God says about them, that people are made in his image, and therefore they have worth and purpose and meaning. And I think in these verses 3 and 4, we see that, that Paul is teaching us how to view other people. He's saying, view others more important than yourself. He's telling us how to relate to other people. Consider their interests before your own. If we actually practice that, two things are going to happen. We're going to think more highly of other people, but we're probably also going to think less of ourselves in a good, healthy way. In fact, it's been said before that humility isn't necessarily thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less because we have a God focus and another's focus. The heart of what Paul is telling us is to be concerned what's going on in the lives of others. Have you ever spoken with someone that's made you feel like the most important person that they could be talking to at that moment? I've had the opportunity to be around people like that. The first one that came to mind when I was thinking about this message uh, is is a friend and mentor of mine. His name is John. When I was in graduate school, uh, I was John's intern. John is the local and global outreach pastor of this massive church in North Dallas. John always made me feel like I was the most important person that he could be talking to when we were talking together. To the extent that when I was in school, uh, I was also working another job, and my wife and I were getting ready to have our second child. 
And when our second child was born, my mom flew from her home in Ohio to North Dallas to be with us for a couple of days. We didn't have a family network there. And this guy, John, whom I interned for 10 or 15 hours a week max, stopped what he was doing for three days so that he could chauffeur the mom of his intern around. See, my mom is really good at being a grandma. She is really bad at city driving. (laughs) He would listen to me when we spoke. He would know my concerns to the extent that he started adapting his life around the needs of someone who was clearly less than him. John demonstrated what it meant to put others before yourself. It's beautiful. How do we do that in the lives of others? How do we consider others more important than ourselves? How do we consider the interests of others before ourselves? I think one of the things that we have to do is ask better questions. We need to be better question askers. There is a cultural phenomenon in the United States Every day we pass people and we have this strange greeting. We utter the words, how's it going? But we don't mean how's it going. We just mean hello. So we ask and answer, how's it going? All day, every day. And some people actually go throughout all their lives without anyone really pausing to ask them, how's it going? Most people answer good or not bad, which technically is just another version of good. Whereas we come through all sorts of circumstances in our everyday lives, but we never stop long enough to really consider how people are doing. Because that is such a phenomenon in our culture, I think we need to be better question askers. Maybe we're asking more pointed questions like, what's been good in your life lately? Or what's been difficult about your week? Maybe when we're stopping to talk to someone and we actually pause for a moment, we ask a better question like, what are you thankful for these days? What are you learning these days? If you're really bold, if you really want to humble yourself, you might ask someone for advice. You might ask them to speak into your life based on their knowledge. Christians are increasingly becoming known as considering themselves know-it-alls. Sometimes we feel the pressure to have to have every answer to every question. Otherwise, that's going to pull the rug out from under the faith that we have. And we never ask people to speak into our lives as though they might be an authority on a subject. I've recently asked our neighbors, your yard looks better than my yard. Can you help me understand what you might be doing differently? When we ask more pointed questions about life, it doesn't just further the conversation. It allows us to show other people that their existence matters because God believes their existence matters It also might give us an opportunity to learn some things about people, whether it's their passions, their interests, their hobbies, or whether it's the things that are going on in their lives that no one's actually paused and listened to. When we're better question askers, we're showing people that their existence matters to God and it matters to us. It's also important that we we observe things and we remember it's interesting. People will, will give you a lot of nonverbal communication. Sometimes it's even by the clothes that they wear or the, the, the things that they're, they're, they're showing on their faces, but they're not telling you with their words. Uh, I, I know that I've gone to the farmer's market on different occasions, and, and our family has moved a few times for education and opportunities to grow in, in 
our profession as ministers of the gospel. And every once in a while, see people that are wearing the school colors of schools that we live, live next to in, in other cities. And we'll ask them about that. Hey, have you ever lived? What do you know about Ohio State? We used to live in Columbus for five years. That's making an observation about someone that might lead to a conversation where it shows someone you matter enough to stop and listen for a little bit. Or maybe you're in the habit of asking questions, but you can ask good follow-up questions as well. If someone divulges something about their life to you, make sure you circle back and ask, how's the thing that you told me about? How, how's your father's cancer? How's that, how's that going? Are you going to be able to visit them? Are you going to be able to, to, to spend time with them in this season? hey, I heard you went through a difficult circumstance in life. Can I check in with you about that every once in a while? Asking follow-up questions to things that people have shared allows us to show that they matter, that, that they matter to God and that they matter to us. Another important thing that we can do in, in being a good listener is don't assume that you know their story or how to make it better. Sometimes we assume that, that we just have all the answers for people. A uh, prime example of not assuming we know the story or how to make it better is this opportunity that we have at Morningside Elementary, the school where we meet in week in and week out. We were asked by the guidance counselor who said, you guys are showing up to help us. If you really want to know how you can help us, when our teachers are doing prep days, it would be really beneficial if you could provide lunches for them. And then it would be great if you could help us out with school supplies when the year starts. Now, if we stop listening there, I guarantee I know what school supplies we would be trying to generate over the course of this month. Pencils, glue sticks, markers, crayons. But the guidance counselor gave us a really pointed email. She said, if you want to help us, know that we're going to be okay when it comes to actual school supplies. But a number of, of families of kids in our school aren't able to provide toiletries in their home." So it would be beneficial if you could get this list of, of toiletries for us. So our first King's Community Church school supply drive is filled with like deodorant and chapstick and lotion and soap because that's the actual need that we heard when we were listening. And you know what's beautiful about that? The guidance counselor shared why that's important to them. They don't just give these out to kids. There's a store in the school called the Lion Buck Store. There are seven leadership principles that they want to impart to kids during their short time here at Morningside Elementary. And whenever kids are caught living into those leadership principles, teachers and administrators can give them Lion Bucks so that they can go into the Lion Buck Store and use the Lion Bucks that they've earned however they believe is the best way. And that instills dignity in the kids. And when the kids have dignity, it makes them want to live into that more and more. They want to be a contributor to the environment that they're in. It's reinforcing the positive side of what it means to be a leader here. So we're not just able to help address a practical need of school supplies, but there's a deeper need that they've let us into because we listen, and that's the need of instilling dignity in people, instilling dignity in children that are questioning whether they're worth anything. We need to be better question askers. We need to observe and remember. We need to not assume that we know how to make others' situation better. We also need to not hijack conversations. 
One comedian that I enjoy listening to calls, calls the type of person that hijacks every conversation a me monster. You know what a me monster is? Anytime you share something about yourself, it reminds them of something about themselves, and they just talk about me, 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 me. We can be so guilty of being me monsters, but if we're considering the interest of others before ourselves, we will allow them to believe that they're image bearers of God and they matter to God and they matter to us. Listening well to people will allow them to share their needs, whether those are physical, emotional, or spiritual. And this is what I would describe as localizing the pain. (laughs) When we listen well, that allows us to localize the pain. Uh, If you've been to the doctor's office, you know that before you even get to see the doctor, they ask you uh, just a list of very intrusive questions. (laughs) And that's just the beginning. You go into the private room with a doctor, and the first thing the doctor does is is ask you more questions. And it begins with, with where does it hurt? And we try to really hone in on what the problem is. The doctor will spend more time listening to evaluate what's going on. When we listen to others, it allows us to localize the pain, localize the the habits, the hurts, the hang-ups that are going on in people's lives. Listening to others invites them to exist and to matter. And then we see Paul talk about what our posture should be towards God in listening. He goes on to say to this church, adopt the same attitude as that of Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, and when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. Jesus shows us that listening to God prepares us to join his mission. Listening to others invites them to exist in matter. Listening to God prepares us to join his mission. And Jesus is the pinnacle of listening to God the Father. These verses tell us that Jesus was a servant. For a servant to be a good servant, they have to listen to the one that they're serving. We're told that Jesus emptied himself. He got rid of what made him him, and he absorbed what God wanted for him. He was able to do that from listening to God the Father. We're told that Jesus showed humble obedience. The only way you can obey is if you have first listened. In fact, we have a rule in our household that as parents, we can't punish a behavior that we haven't taught first. So our kids stretch that. It's like, oh, Rocco. I don't think you should use that word anymore, but I can't punish that because I haven't taught that. But from here on out, we're going to punish that word if it's used, all right? He has to listen first in order to obey. And Jesus listened to his heavenly father perfectly and demonstrated humble obedience Jesus, the Son of God, was the perfect picture of listening to God the Father. In fact, throughout John's gospel account in the New Testament, Jesus often says, I can do nothing apart from the will of my Father. In John chapter 5, Jesus said, I judge only as I hear. 
I don't seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus had taught his disciples to pray before he left. He told them, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In other words, the purpose of prayer is that God would be glorified. The purpose of prayer isn't that God would show up and meet our requests. The purpose of prayer is that God would be glorified. And the zeal that Jesus' followers had to make God's name famous was built into them by Jesus. Their passion to honor God in the way that they lived was built into them by Jesus who lived that way, passionate about honoring God the Father. Jesus says later on in John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. We're nothing on our own, but God wants us to bear much fruit. How then do we glorify God? Jesus gave us the answer just a couple of verses later in John 15, verse 7. He says, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. So prayer isn't just this, this conversation, this one-way conversation to God. It's both speaking and listening. Talking to God involves our speech, but it also involves what God is saying to us. And how does God speak to us? Jesus says through his words. In fact, throughout the scriptures, Jesus is known as the word of God. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. We pray, we ask God to do for us through Christ what we can't do for ourselves. And that's bear fruit. We ask God to do for us through Christ what we can't do for ourselves. Prayer is the open admission that without Christ we can do nothing. And prayer is the turning away from ourselves toward God with confidence that he will provide help when we need it. Prayer humbles us and makes us much of God. Prayer primes us to listen. To listen to who? To listen to Jesus, who listened to the Heavenly Father perfectly. Jesus, who is called the Word. Prayer is talking and listening. Do you consider your prayer life a life that is both talking and listening? So recently, um, like a week ago, I started swimming. It's the first time I've been swimming for exercise in literally 14 years. I can tell you when I did it last. And that was like for a month. So I'm not a swimmer is what I'm trying to get across to you. My wife had told me for a long time, you know, you're not getting younger. It's probably going to be good for you to do a lower impact exercise. Maybe you should try swimming. What's humbling about that is that I'm not a good swimmer. So I go to the pool in the lap lanes, and there's people on both sides of me that know what they're doing. And I'm using muscles that I haven't used in a long time. And I'm breathing in a way that I haven't breathed in a long time. And I'm trying to not drown, which is something I do regularly. Some of us treat prayer like I've treated swimming. We've used some muscles, but not the same muscle groups that, that, that work through that exercise. Do you talk to God in prayer and listen? 
if that's going to be a new exercise for you, it's, it's probably not going to go really well at first when you include silence in your life. Are there moments in your day-to-day life where you turn off the noise and just listen? Those are moments when God is speaking clearly to us. Are there moments when you redirect your attention to what God is saying to you instead of what you're saying to God? Those are moments when God is speaking to us. If you're out of shape, don't just not do it. Begin to exercise those muscles. Maybe you put times in your day where you're just going to listen until you get better at it with hopes that that will become a strength of yours, not a weakness. We don't have the excuse of not listening just because we're not good at it. We're called to be listeners. When we pray to God, we talk and we listen. We listen to God through knowing and understanding his word so that we can apply it at the right time. Again, that is like an exercise that we have to practice. Pastor and author John Piper says this of prayer. Prayer is primarily a wartime walkie-talkie for the mission of the church as it advances against the powers of darkness and unbelief. It is not surprising that prayer malfunctions when we try to make it a domestic intercom to call upstairs for more comforts in the den. God has given us prayer as a wartime walkie-talkie so that we can call headquarters for everything we need as the kingdom of Christ advances in this world. Many of us live day-to-day life as though we're in a peaceful time and, and we try to surround ourselves with creature comforts. Do you believe there's, there's people all around you in your everyday life that are literally dying spiritually apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's not until you believe that we're in the midst of a spiritual battle for the hearts and minds of people that you will listen to others' needs and you will listen to the will of God and you will begin to bring the two together. Listen to how this passage from Paul culminates when he's talking about the humility of Christ. He says, for this reason, the reason of Christ's humility, for this reason, God highly exalted Jesus and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at that name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus was highly exalted because he listened and obeyed, and because of that, we have salvation. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, We are saved because of Jesus' obedience, listening to our deepest need and listening to the will of God the Father. It's not far-fetched to expect that when we follow Christ, humbly and intently listening to others, and God will provide opportunities to bring the two together. It is not far-fetched to believe that through listening to other people and honing into the will of God, that he will give you opportunities to bring the two together. Because the will of God is that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Take on the humility of Christ. Later on in Philippians 2, it says, when you do that, 
you will shine like stars in the universe holding out the word of life. When are stars most beautiful? When they're set against the backdrop of darkness. We are in the midst of a lot of darkness in this life. Through listening, when the time is right, we will shine like stars in the universe if we're holding out the word of life for others to believe. Listening intently and humbly will lead to moments in conversations where you'll be in a position to declare the goodness of God and it not sound like a platitude. Do you realize the world, the world outside of Christianity is getting sick and tired of having people sending thoughts and prayers? What does that even mean? It's not that thoughts and prayers are bad in times of urgency, but when there's not action involved, when people don't understand what it means to pray over them, sending thoughts and prayers sounds like empty chatter. But when we're listening to people and their actual needs and we're listening to the will of God, it will position us to make stronger statements that bring powerful weight. And when people bear their souls to us, we will be able to, be, to, to tell them things like, it's okay that you're grieving Death is not the way it's supposed to be. That's a much more powerful statement than I'm sending you thoughts and prayers. Or statements like, it sounds like God is pursuing you through all of this. If we're listening to others, you'll be positioned to make a statement like that in someone's life. Or, believe it or not, Jesus actually loves you fully, regardless of what you've done or what's been done to you. When we listen to the voices of others, and to the will of God, we will have opportunities to bring the two together. Francis Schaeffer put it beautifully when he said, if I have only an hour with someone, I will spend the first 55 minutes asking questions and finding out what is troubling their heart and mind. And then in the last five minutes, I will share something of the truth. How are your minutes spent with people? Are you listening you get to participate with the Holy Spirit in the work of redemption. And when it's time, God is going to allow you to be a part of seeing people pass from death to life. And that is a gift. A gift that comes through listening. To love God and to love others is a two-sided coin. We can't do both of them without the other. Because I love God, I'm a student of God's word. I put in the time to know what God has to say. And because I love people, I want to know people and value what's going on in their lives. We love God and we love others by listening. Listening is an act of love. Effective ministry is not dominating conversations. It's listening to God and others and bringing them together. And the more you listen to God and people, the more you'll be able to minister to people with specificity. So where do we go from here? In our personal lives, if, if you struggle to listen to God in prayer, my encouragement to you would be to take a few minutes a day, I'm talking two or three minutes, and start writing down your prayers. Do your prayers reflect putting the needs of others, the interests of others before your own? Writing them down is going to reveal how you pray. Writing them down is also going to help you understand what God is speaking to you through his word when it comes to your prayers. So in your personal life, if you want to exercise this muscle of listening to God, I would encourage you to write things down. 
And then God has also called us to, to live out our faith in the lives of others. You remember last week we're called to be a blessing people, and one of the ways we bless is through listening. I invite you to ask someone to coffee or a meal this week and spend an hour actively listening, asking those better questions. Isn't that a tremendous exercise to just go sit with someone and listen? Now, later on in this series, we're going to talk about what it means to be people who speak. We are here to speak, but our words carry the most weight when we listen first. I think about times in my life when I've demonstrated the, the art of listening to others. Uh, when we lived in Columbus, Ohio, I, I became the chaplain of Caribou Coffee, not because uh, I was going around the tables asking people, uh, what, what can I do for them? But I did get to know the manager of the store really well. Every time I would see him, his name is Dave, every time I would see Dave, I would actually stop what I was doing and ask pointed questions. And then I'd go to my table and work. And I'd pray for Dave if he shared anything with me. Dave was not a believer, but he loved the idea that I was praying for him. And eventually, I would be uh, doing my my pastor work from my, my office at Caribou Coffee and strangers would show up at my table and be like, hey, I was telling Dave about something going on in my life and he said, you might, you might pray for me. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you get to become the, the chaplain of a place where you show up and listen regularly. How does that happen? Why does that happen? Because it is abnormal behavior in the lives of most people. That pattern has continued to, to a standing meeting that I have twice a month at a local, uh, at, at a local bakery. The staff, uh, when we would ask them if there was any, anything going on in their lives that we could pray for, the, the staff would sometimes say an event or sometimes they'd say, no, I'm good, because that's what we say to people who ask us about our lives. But now they will, they will proactively come over and tell us what's going on in, our, in their lives. It's one of the most beautiful things. And when new staff come in and they come over to our table, they become part of this family of prayer as well. What happens if we become known as people who listen? What happens if you genuinely listen to people long enough that they share their hearts with you? Think about a time in which you took action to affect a positive change in your life. What caused you to take those actions? It was probably learning about a need in the world. Think of an individual who has had a big impact on your life. Think about someone in your life who's had a positive impact on you. How did they do that? What did you appreciate about their approach? Go be that for other people. For the glory of God and for the good of others. Listening is crucial in making a positive change in this world. Listening is vital to making a positive impact in the lives of others. Listening intently and humbly positions us to hear the needs of others and the will of God and to bring the two together. May we be a people that hear the needs of other individuals and schools that we gather in and neighborhoods that we live in and entire communities and believe, trust that people will want to know Christ because of it. Father in heaven, I thank you that you hear us. I thank you that there, there is not a moment that you are not listening to your children. God, would you help us to be better listeners? 
Now, first, would you forgive us for all the times that we've been so self-absorbed, so self-focused in our conversations with other people or in our prayers to you that, that we have forgotten that our existence is to bring glory to your name and, and good to others. As you forgive us for that, Lord, would you help us to be good question askers? Would you help us to care about people who are made in your image? And as we hear their stories, would you help us to know your will in order that we could bring the two of you together? Lord, would you make us a people who see lives redeemed, families transformed, communities blessed, and more churches planted because we were ready to listen. Lead us with your spirit, Lord. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.